Right eye dominant. Right eye dominant. This is the Right Eye Dominant Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Right Eye Dominant Podcast. I am your host, Nick Toro Jr. Thank you for joining me again. Or if this is your first time listening, thank you for listening. Today's subject is about a place, a place where I happen to live, the state of New Mexico. New Mexico has a long history, certainly in art making and creativity, stretching back to the indigenous people who first lived and continue to live on this land. This seems to be a hotbed for not only creativity in general, but certainly in the visual arts and in relation to the subject of this podcast in the world of photography. So I'd like to share a little of my own perspective on photography and New Mexico And I'll be referring to a number of photographers and photographs that have shaped my own perspective of this place that I call home. Having grown up on the East Coast in the suburbs of New Jersey, one of the most common questions I am asked here in New Mexico is how did I end up living here? How did I end up living in Albuquerque specifically? It's a fairly common question for anyone who is not a native of uh, New Mexico or Albuquerque specifically. Many people in the Western United States, in the Southwestern United States, and certainly here in New Mexico have migrated here from other places. And we all come for our own personal reasons, whether it's warmer weather, a slower pace of life, a more affordable existence. And all of these reasons could apply to my own experience, but none of them really touch the real root of what appealed to me about New Mexico in the first place. My first impressions of what New Mexico looked like came via artists. And like many people, uh, I discovered the landscape and the colors of the state through the work of painter Georgia O'Keeffe. I certainly was introduced to the vastness of the, the landscape through the photographs of Ansel Adams. And I think the work of O'Keeffe and Ansel Adams are certainly an entry point for a lot of people, their first sort of connection to the state of New Mexico through the work of another artist. And, you know, these initial views, they didn't exactly call me to the place. They certainly did shape my impression that New Mexico was nothing like the world I knew, certainly in the world that I was growing up in, in suburban New Jersey. It wasn't until a few years later when I started studying photography in college that I became more aware of New Mexico, specifically through photographs. And I was really introduced to what I realized was a uniqueness of this place and certainly idiosyncrasies of this place. Uh, These things started to seep into my consciousness as I discovered the work of Gary Winogrand, Lee Friedlander, 
Robert Frank. These three photographers shot images here that I, I started seeing in photo books. They all seem that they had a level of oddness to them or a foreboding or certainly, especially in the, the, the imagery of Robert Frank, conveyed that there's a desolation unique to the state of New Mexico. I found these images perplexing, for sure, not only in what they showed, but how they showed it. For example, photographed by Gary Winogrand that he took in the Northeast Heights of Albuquerque in the 1960s, it shows an infant alone emerging from a dark garage into a driveway that is what really appears to be taken on the edge of the world. The photograph was taken in a development uh, of an area that was just growing in Albuquerque at the time. And you could see off in the distance, the Sandia Mountains. I did actually find that house and went by it a few years ago. And uh, the development in that area is now complete and you would uh, have to struggle to recognize the house from the photograph but it definitely is still there. And it's just an interesting illustration of how much this place has changed. There's an intriguing photograph by Lee Friedlander that was shot here in Albuquerque that still, when I look at it, I, I, I get drawn into this world of oddity and complexity. It's a photograph that was taken on Central Avenue which is Route 66 here in Albuquerque, the corner of Central Avenue and 12th Street. And the photograph is a mishmash of utility poles, telephone wires, traffic lights, buildings, fire hydrant, streetscape. And there's this sort of disjointed complexity to the photograph. There's something that really strikes me about this photograph and why I love it so much. First of all, there's uh, in the distance of the photograph is the dog house, which is a hot dog joint with a great neon sign. You could still drive by and see the same exact sign that's in this photograph from the 1970s. And dog house sign is basically obscured by a, a traffic light pole. And then on the other side of the photograph is an actual black dog that's sitting on the side of the street looking out at the crosswalk. And that dog is also cut by a utility pole, and there's just this really great balance that's happening with these two elements within this view of this urban chaos. I remember seeing this photograph for the first time when I was in college and not knowing anything about this place, but realizing that it certainly wasn't anything like uh, a place I had been before. Robert Frank, of course, photographed many times in New Mexico when he was on his road trip, which yielded the work that appeared in his seminal book, The Americans. There's one particular image that shows a car down a lonely highway off in the distance in this just dark, foreboding landscape. And I think that really does capture sort of the feeling of being on a back road here in New Mexico all by yourself in your car, miles away from anyone else. You can still have those experiences 50, 60, 70 years after Frank took his photograph. There's another photo of Robert Frank's in The Americans where he took a shot inside a bar in Gallup, New Mexico. 
You can tell by the composition and the position of the camera that he, in essence, was stealing this photo. It certainly looked like the environment he was in was unfriendly, full of tough-looking characters, and uh, the fact that he wandered in a foreigner, certainly not from anywhere near New Mexico with a camera. I could only imagine what was going through his mind when he was in that environment, but the fact that he still took the camera out and made that picture, again, it just showed me a world that I knew nothing about and seeing people even in cowboy hats in a, in a dark bar uh, definitely spurred my own imagination of this place. The more I learned about New Mexico and photography in New Mexico, uh, the more things pointed towards the importance of the University of New Mexico and their photo department. Many photographers either came to study here or came to teach here. One photographer in particular whose work I was familiar with while I was still living on the East Coast is the work of Joel Peter Witkin. Joel Peter Witkin uh, studied at UNM I consider Joel Peter Wicken a dark wizard of photography. His subject matter is often unsettling. He features people who are missing limbs. He features cadavers. He features people with physical abnormalities. And he treats them in very high regard and in a, in a very artistic manner. I do know people who have posed for Joel Peter Wicken, and actually I've gone to hear him speak numerous times here in New Mexico at gallery talks and book signings. And it really is interesting that there's uh, obviously a particular style that he applies to his photographs. The subject matter might be unsettling to some people, but you look at these photographs and you realize that these are real people that he's photographing. The fact that he certainly found subjects to populate his images here in New Mexico definitely says something about this environment, and I'll leave it at that. Another photographer that I became familiar with is a man named Thomas Barrow. And again, Barrow is associated with the University of New Mexico, and I believe he was a professor in the photo department for many years. Uh, the work of his that I first discovered was in a series called Cancellations. They seem like random snapshots of the urban environment, certainly a lot of them taken around Albuquerque. There are definitely landmarks in his photos that you would recognize if you drove around town here. But the photographs themselves all have some kind of mark or X on them. And if you look at them closely, you will notice that Barrow was actually striking a blade into the negatives of the photos that he took. And then he decided to print and display them. And so there's a lot of questions about this. Why would anybody put an X through their own work? Why would somebody intentionally damage what is held by photographers as sort of the original pristine capture of a scene? That confused me when I first saw these photos. I, I'm intrigued by it still. Barrow's work and this cancellation series in particular opened a lot of doors for my own work and exploration of hand manipulation of my own negatives and prints. And so in some ways, uh, I feel that 
here in Albuquerque. Uh, I have a bit of a kindred spirit as I explore my own visual output. So the last photographer I want to talk about in depth here is a photographer named Danny Lyon. Danny Lyon was a photographer who grew up and started his career in New York City, but he somehow ended up here in New Mexico. And the work that I first saw of Danny Lyon was in a book called Pictures from the New World, really had a profound influence on how I perceived New Mexico before I got here and continues to inform how I view this place that I live in. Danny Lyon, like myself, left the East Coast. Uh, he, what I would call a refugee from the pressures of the relentlessness of urban life. Uh, I, I think that would definitely apply to my experience as well. And the fact that Danny Lyon ended up in a small town in New Mexico in the early 70s, settling outside of Bernalillo, New Mexico. Uh, what's really interesting about this work is that you see not only the landscape and the unique light of this place, certainly the shadows that are cast in Danny Lyon's photos and the skies, certainly after storms that uh, just sort of are the backdrop for his photographs, are highly recognizable to anyone who's spent any time here in New Mexico. But the fact that he ended up in this small town, which is traditionally an old Hispanic settlement, not really a destination for outsiders, that's for sure. Certainly not when he arrived there in the 70s. The fact that he was given access to the local community his photographs are very intimate. You see a lot of young men, children, families in these photographs. He gained access as an outsider to document his new community. These photographs also then extended into Danny Lyon's film work, which I think is a whole other discussion, but certainly worth exploring to see a sort of a moving picture version of his still photographs in a cinema verite style. I know that Danny Lyon is still here in New Mexico and he's producing work. Again, somebody from a place very far away arriving here, being fascinated by the light, and the people, and the land of New Mexico. That's just a few photographers who have worked here in New Mexico who influenced me personally. Other photographers that you may want to check out include Miguel Gandert, Laura Gilpin, Betty Hahn, Douglas Kent Hall, Elliot Porter, and Patrick Nagatani. I will share links for all of the photographers and photographs mentioned in this podcast in the show notes. That's my overview of this place I call home, known as the land of enchantment to some people. Us locals like to joke that it's the land of entrapment. And the reason we say that is because you end up here and then you find it very difficult to extricate yourself from this place for better or for worse. Uh, I certainly am surprised in the amount of time that I've lived here, but I continue to be inspired creatively by this place, uh, fascinated by the mix of cultures, 
I hope that this little taste of New Mexico photography has intrigued you to discover this place a bit more for yourself. If you already live here in New Mexico, I hope this inspires you to go out and engage with our environment in a new way. And if you happen to be passing through from somewhere else, give me a shout and maybe I'll show you a little bit of what makes this such a magical place to create. So there you have it, my audio love letter to the state of New Mexico through the art of photography. Thank you for listening. This has been the Right Eye Dominant Podcast. I've been your host, Nick Toro Jr. If you've got any questions or comments, please go to righteyedominantpodcast.com. There is a comments section down at the bottom, along with other episodes for you to listen to. You'll also find on my website a link for some t-shirts that I have for sale if you'd like to support the podcast in that way as well. Also, I would really appreciate it if you listen on the platform of your choice to give me a review. I know on the Apple podcast platform, there's a place to leave a review and stars. And I would hope that you might be inclined to leave me a good review. I would certainly appreciate it. Thank you again for listening. I look forward to hearing back from you and I look forward to the next episode. So until then, stay well. Today's episode has been a production of RightEyeDominant.art. The music for today's episode is courtesy of The Conant Project, Yazar, and The White Plains. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, zero, 